Time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today. A ministry of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, where we glorify God, live His purpose, and love people well. So let's get growing with 15 Minutes of Faith. Welcome to another episode of 15 Minutes of Faith, the program where we explore the practical application of Christianity in today's world. I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. And today I'm excited to dive into the topic, building a personal relationship with God. So with this, whether you're new to Christianity or just seeking to deepen your faith, this episode is for you. So what does it mean to have a personal relationship with God? Sometimes you'll hear people say this. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. What they're doing is emphasizing the importance of having a relationship with God, but sometimes they're using that as a reason to perhaps disregard what they would consider rules or commandments in scriptures. Not that they're wanting to dismiss every commandment in scripture, but again, the idea is, you know, it's not about the do's and don'ts of the Bible. It's about the relationship you have with God. That's not what we're talking about today because, yes, it is important for you to have a relationship with God. And we're going to look at what that really means according to the Bible because, again, it's about more than just religious rituals. It's about forging a genuine, heartfelt connection with our Creator. God is not just some ambiguous being out in the atmosphere. He is our Heavenly Father, and He desires to have fellowship and a relationship with each and every one of us as individuals. You realize that was his intention in the Garden of Eden, all the way in the book of Genesis, when he established the Garden of Eden, which is interesting when you think about it. Adam's job in the garden was to dress the garden and to keep it. A couple things about that is to to keep the garden means to take care of it, to tend it, uh, to maintain it. But at the same time, when you realize in the Garden of Eden, first and foremost, there was no need to water the plants because God had created the firmament to where the waters were divided and there was a big expanse over the plants of the earth and he watered them himself. So Adam didn't have to do that. And also, since there was no sin in the garden, there was no death. So it's not as though the plants would die. I don't know exactly what Adam had to do, but his job was to dress the garden and keep it. Part of keeping it was protecting it from danger, which is what he did not do when the serpent entered in and deceived everyone and they fell into sin uh, by eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But again, the main purpose for God developing the Garden of Eden with Adam, and notice he said that it is not good that man should be alone. He created Eve to where Adam and Eve would have fellowship one with another, but that the both of them would have fellowship with God. That was his desire to have a relationship with them. Later on, after the Exodus, when they were freed from the bondage of slavery in Egypt, he took them into the wilderness. And again, his goal was to set them apart, people that he had chosen to himself from the time of Abraham. But again, it was about how to worship and fellowship and have a relationship with God. And he still desires that with you today, is to have a relationship, a good, healthy relationship with our Heavenly Father. But 
Before we delve into some practical steps to help you develop and nurture this relationship, you must first make sure that you are one of God's children. What I'm saying is you must be born again, and that starts with recognizing your need for salvation. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You must understand that all human beings have sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard of holiness. And that is established through what he has given us in the Ten Commandments. You realize the Ten Commandments were established, as the Bible says, as our schoolmaster to teach us what that verse just told us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no way that any of us could keep all of the Ten Commandments for the entirety of our lives. Uh, And God knows that, but it helps us to recognize that we are in need of a Savior. And with that, because we have all sinned and come short of God's God's glory, we must acknowledge there is a consequence that comes with that sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. We need to recognize that the consequence of sin is not only the, the physical death that we will all die, but there is a spiritual death that takes place as well, where we will be separated from God for all eternity in a place called hell. That is where we are all headed in our sinful condition. And with that, when we recognize the consequence of that sin, that separation from God, we must understand the other part of it in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God offers the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who lived a sinless, perfect life. He was crucified on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again, showing that he had power over sin, that he was God in the flesh, and that he is the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, uh, the Son of the living God, and he is our Savior. And John 3.16 again says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God sent to offer the free gift of salvation and place your trust in him. And with that, you must believe the gospel. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance is coming to the understanding, it's a change of mind, that you cannot do anything whatsoever to obtain eternal life except trust in Christ through faith and faith alone. The book of Ephesians says, By grace are ye saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. You cannot do anything to earn eternal life except trust in Christ by faith. And when you come to that point, you must confess Jesus as Lord. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that is how you know. You do that, you confess that, you call upon Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive your sins, to give you eternal life, to not only ensure that you have an eternal destination in heaven, but that you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you for all your days while you're here on earth. And then you are a child of the Heavenly Father. Now, there are some who have not called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and will say, yeah, me and God, we've got a thing. We have an understanding. 
And you know what? They're right, but it's not what they expect. There's an understanding, that's for sure. The understanding is that their sinful condition will eternally separate them from God. And they need to understand that they need to call upon Jesus Christ for salvation. So before we can go any further in your relationship with God, you must first call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Now, the rest of this program is for those of us that have done that because salvation is not the end. Salvation is the beginning. So let's talk about that. And after you've been born again and you have trusted in Christ, now you begin to forge that relationship with your heavenly father. And one of the foremost and fundamental ways to build a personal relationship with God is through Really what you did in believing in your heart that Jesus is your Savior, calling upon him, you would do that through a prayer, and that is the beginning way that you can communicate with God, and that is through prayer. As the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, don't be anxious, don't be worried. That's what that word careful means. But instead, bring your concerns, your thanks, and your requests to God through prayer. So what you should do, first and foremost, is set a time each day for prayer. Talk to God as if he's your closest friend. Talk to him as though he's your heavenly father, which he is. And remember that prayer is not just asking for things, but it's also about expressing your love, your gratitude, your joy, your sorrow, your frustrations, taking it all unto the Lord, casting your care upon him because he cares for you. So as we are born again, trusting in Christ, developing that relationship, we must begin talking to our heavenly father. And as you talk to God in prayer, you are to let him talk to you through his word. And we do that through Bible study. To know God better, you need to study his word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So not only do you dedicate time in your day for prayer to talk to God, you should also dedicate time in your day to read the Bible to allow God to talk to you. Take some time to read the Bible regularly. I know a lot of times we get zealous and we get excited about reading the Word of God and we dive in and we just want to take it in big chunks. But think about that in regards to a relationship with somebody. Imagine if you had a friend and you never talked to them, but every once in a while you would come around and you would have this really long conversation with them, then you would disappear for a while. Is that a healthy relationship? No, it is not. But it would be better, especially with God, to talk to him every single day. And you do that. Just have some time set aside where you have your conversation with God. And you do that through Bible study. You know, if you want to know somewhere to start, start with the book of John. Learn about the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. Uh, Next to my bed, Uh, I made a resolution that uh, I would not look at my phone until I first looked at the Word of God. I have the Bible open by my bed to the book of Proverbs. So when I sit up out of bed, first thing I see in the morning is a proverb. And I read that through, and that's a good way to let God talk to you right at the beginning of the day. Spend some time to do that. And as you study, reflect on how these teachings can be applied in your own life. You see, the Bible is not just a book of information, 
but it is a book of application. What you read, you must apply to your life. And that will lend itself to our next point, that is worship. Worship is another way to build your relationship with God. As the psalmist proclaims in Psalm 95, 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. You see, worship is not just limited to those who play music at church. Worship is not limited to just singing, and worship is not limited to just music. It's also expressed through acts of reverence and acts of gratitude. And that starts by attending church services. Make sure you attend church regularly and engage in worship through song, through prayer, through reflection. Take time to listen to what the sermon is about and apply the truth you learned from the Word of God to your own life. And again, worship is a personal daily practice where you acknowledge God's presence in your life. And again, uh, as we talk about that, taking that step of of getting involved with a body of believers, and, and while personal faith is important, Christianity is not meant to be a solitary journey. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Again, join a local church where you can get your share of faith, where you can learn on your journey, you can receive discipleship and encouragement from one another. Engaging with a supportive community as the local church, it will help you grow in your relationship with God. Harvest Baptist Church is a wonderful place for that. We would love to have you. Come on in and join us. we got lots of wonderful, friendly people that would love to help you grow and nurture that relationship with our Heavenly Father. We teach the Bible, we preach from the Bible, and we apply the Bible to our lives. We have times where we get together and pray, we sing songs unto the Lord, and we have fellowship with one with another. But you know what? That's our 15 minutes of faith for today, and I hope you found these Steps helpful in your journey to building a personal relationship with God. Remember, it's a continuous process, and God's love and grace are always available to you. And if you have any questions, or perhaps even a topic you'd like us to explore in future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out. But until next time, stay faithful, keep the faith, and nurture that personal relationship with God.